What happens when two idiots give life advice? Explore unrealistic situations and give random topics more thought than they deserve? It's Randomosity with Sean and Mark. And welcome back to Randomosity with Sean and Mark. I'm Mark. And I am Sean. Are you sure? Uh, well, I mean, there's only two options, and you took the first one, so... Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess if we're going to go with a multiple kind of, choice. I'm kind of stuck with it at this point, I, so yeah. I guess so, okay. Well, we're really excited about today, because we're going to do an entire program about the 80s. I mean, we're only in our 40s and 50s. Why are we jumping 30 years... Because uh, we get discounts that way. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. no, I'm at the 1980s. Oh, the 19... Oh, yeah. that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, so... Anyway, we're going to be uh, talking about, like, slang. Uh, we're going to also bring in some uh, shows from the 80s that all of us remember. Yep, and uh, one-hit wonders of the 80s. Now, of course, we can't cover everything oh, in this God, episode. No. This this would take hours to go through <laughs> all the TV shows, all the one-hit wonders. Uh, not so much the slang, I guess. Slang, we can pretty much knock that right out, I think. Yeah, as if. Uh, totally. <laughs> so, anyway... Uh, we're excited about today. We both grew up in the 80s, different time frames. So, like, I graduated in 1984, so that means that I was dating chicks when you were... Uh, I was I was seven in 1984. Yeah, so, yeah, you were still watching ALF or something. ALF wasn't even around yet. That's true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're, we're going to get all that stuff situated, but sit back, relax, and enjoy... Our 80s special on Randomosity with Sean and Mark. The 80s were a time when everything was bigger and brighter. Hair was high, fashion was loud, even the slang was outrageous or, should I say, bodacious. Oh, good lord. We're going to chat a little bit about 80s slang. Now, if you didn't grow up in that time, I think you should start working that into your conversation, some of the slang that we're going to be talking about. So, throw on your leg warmers, grab your favorite Swatch Watch, and let's motor. You, you forgot about slap bracelets. I did, I did. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, anyway. So let's talk about some of the, uh, the slang from the 80s, because it was... There was a lot of it. Oh, 80s had its own language. Yeah, I mean, it was I mean, popular in movies, and and I think the whole uh, surfer craze, mm -hmm. uh, certainly a lot of this stuff came out of. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about one I already threw out there, which was Bodacious. Bodacious, man. Yeah. <laughs> that one's... That well. Yeah, well, yeah. that one came out of the surfer area, I think. I think so, I think so. Um Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. Fast Times or uh, even, well, not so much Jason Confused, but yeah, Fast Times. Yeah, what about, uh, so what, what does that mean? What does bodacious mean? Uh, well, um, if I hadn't researched it, I wouldn't have known. Uh, but it's uh, excellent, wonderful, or very enjoyable. Yeah, okay. I, I like bodacious better than using those other terms. Yeah, it's, it's one word to take care of three. It's, it's more efficient. I think so, I think so. Uh, our next word... This is uh, gnarly. Gnarly. So I think this came from like you know things that were gnarled. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was it, it, it birthed out of that, I guess. Uh, meaning dangerous 
or challenging. So, you know, doing your homework, oh, that math question was really gnarly. Yeah. So, I, yeah. So, I mean, so once again, you see kind of <laughs> whole nother language. Uh, so then the next one, uh, how many times do you hear this? Well, duh. Or the alternative to that was no duh. Or no duh, exactly. Yeah. And obviously that's feigning ignorance. Obviously the person saying duh knows what's going on. They are pretending like they don't know for sarcastic effect. Right. You do that a lot. Uh, it's not sarcasm. <laughs> it's not sarcasm? Okay. No. Uh, no. For Remember, we're idiots. No. The, um, yeah. the next one didn't come out of the surfer uh, craze or the valley or whatever they called it. Right. Uh, was tubular, which meant awesome. So why didn't they just use bodacious? Yeah, I know. That's that's a good question. But I guess because it, it was out of the surfer thing. Yeah. And, you know, riding the curl, the tube, you know. So it's tubular. Caught the tubular wave, man. Yeah. It was bodacious, but, you know, it was a little gnarly once I fell off. No, duh. Okay. <laughs> that was good. Did you grow up in the valley? Not, no. No? no. Oh, okay. All right. No. I just, I watched a lot of uh, Days and Confused and... <laughs> and uh, things and like that. Fast Times, yeah. Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one came out of a movie, of course. One of the best movies out of the 80s, I believe. Yeah. Breakfast Club. Go ahead, Sean. Eat my shorts. No, of course, it was an expression of frustration with another person. You know, kind of putting them down. Mm -hmm. And in that case, in the movie, the principal, uh, Bender. Is it Bender? No. No, that was the guy. That was. Oh, yeah, Bender was the guy. The principal, I forget his name now. But we'll call him the Horns. Yeah, I don't remember his name either. But he was... Uh, he said something to Bender. Bender told him to eat his shorts. And he said, what was that? And, of course, you got the classic phrase, eat my shorts. Right. And, you know, interesting fact about that movie. Oh, I thought that, you were going to say an interesting no. fact about eating your shorts, and I was so about do to you hit know why? Do you know why, he was, why Bender was in detention in the first place? Uh, I, I used to know that, and I can't remember why now. Okay, so apparently he had a flare gun in his locker. He was going to use it to shoot some sculpture he had made. Okay, well, it accidentally went off in his locker. And in the opening scene, so you wouldn't know this, but in the opening scenes, it's panning through the hallways, mm -hmm. and you see his locker, and, of course, the scorch stain from the right. flare gun going off. So Now... Do you know why Ali Sheedy's character was there? Why is that? She had nothing better to do that day. <laughs> okay, Honestly, that's right. That's, that's right. That's right. Did you know that Molly Ringwald wanted to play that part? I could see her wanting to play that. But she played yeah. the prissy princess a lot better. Yeah, because I don't think uh, Ali Sheedy could have played no, prissy. No, no. And that was the first place I'd ever heard of sushi. Oh, because she yeah Molly Ringwald. yeah Molly Ringwald was eating the sushi at lunch. That's You're right. right. Mm -hmm. So. So interesting tidbits it has nothing to do with the uh, the topic at hand, but yeah. you know what? So, so now, what? So now tell me, what do you think of sushi, Mark? Do you like it at all? Uh, I like it if you fry it up. It's really good that way. So when it's raw, would you say you don't like it? Yeah, I do not like it. So would you say that when you you it, rather than eat sushi, you would rather be gagged with a spoon? Yeah, gagged with a spoon. So that's our next phrase. Good, God, good I I dragged that one out, didn't I? <laughs> I can't wait until we get done with this list and you like go through them all like you just did those first few. Uh, 
I think you only catch lightning in a bottle once, sir. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Um, so gag me with a spoon. Uh, first place uh, that I guess made that popular. Of course, it came out of the valley, mm-hmm. and uh, the Valley Girls. Right, right. And they, um, I but I remember that on Square Pegs. Oh my God! Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. That 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 phrase. So gag me with a spoon means disgusting, of course. You talk about the Valley Girls. There's one we didn't put on here because it's not really a phrase. It's slang from the '80s. It was more of a crutch word from the '80s. Valley Girls and like. Like, yeah. It, be, it was um and uh for them back then. Yeah, and so, and. And, yeah. yeah. So it, it wasn't, we didn't think it really fit the slang. But I guess it was. Word. I guess it was slang. I, I mean, I guess. It seemed more just like just a support word but to get yeah. them to the next one. Get but. Them, yeah. Yeah, true. Like, eat my shorts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then the... Next one we have on here, uh, one that I think still gets used a little bit today in its shortened form. Yeah. Uh, Radical. <laughs> Radical. Oh, I, I skipped a spot oh, there. Oh, okay, sorry. I skipped a spot. No, no, you were right. Radical is the next one we have. Um, I think that still gets used. I think radical. Yeah, radical or still rad. gets used. It's rad. rad. Oh, see, I could have just I could have just uh, walked right into that one. Anyway, yeah, you didn't have to. You know, you know, we could edit that out. Ah, no, we leave, probably it, leave it in. Leave all this in. Leave yeah. it all in. Leave it all in. Anyway, so uh, Radical, uh, another one for excellent, same as Bodacious or Tubular. Right. They right. Had, they had a, the 80s must have been really great because they had a lot of different words for, for that. excellent, enjoyable, mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one I think you were trying to go to was uh, to take a chill pill or to chill. Right. And nowadays it's pretty much chill or chillax. Chillax, now. yeah. Um, you know, words they slang, it regenerates and melds into other things. Right. So just um, calm down. Yeah, just calm calm down. Right. Uh, our next word is uh, grody. And that that one just Pronounced sounds... grody. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Now that one just sounds like what it actually is. It is, yeah. It's exactly what it is. It means gross, yeah. disgusting. I, I, I don't think you can hear grody and think that, oh, that's something pleasant. No, that's something that's disgusting. Right, exactly. Um, go ahead. So, uh, next one. Any Bill and Ted fan knows this one. Bogus. That's right. Bogus. Uh, we all know. I was in a band back in the 80s, and it was called Bogus. Uh, did you guys get a lot of good reviews? <laughs> uh, no. no. They no, were all okay. made up. <laughs> all uh, right. That means uh, unfair, no good. Um, so, the that's that one. One my wife still uses today, and I think I've heard you say it before. I tend to say this, and I have no idea why, but I do. Uh, cool beans. Yeah, and that's obviously approval or mild excitement. Yeah. I, I've always just thought of it as approval. I didn't know about mild excitement for that. Like if somebody told me I was getting a $5 rebate, cool beans. Well, yeah, I guess that would fit. It would. It's, yeah, mild excitement. All right. Otherwise, it would be bodacious. That would be or extreme radical. excitement. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then we also has have this one, and we've all remember this. As if, as if, right? Yeah, it's uh, basically. I still think you are a Valley Girl. No, I'm just really good at impressions oh, of Valley okay. Girls. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that as if is basically the yeah right of the 1980s. Yeah, and I we know there's more, but you know we wanted to keep, you know, just just the ones that we kind of that are. 
that are like the popular ones from the time. Uh, we, we were doing some research on it, doing some show prep, and they there were quite a few. Yeah, there, oh, there's, keep it, there's several that, that we didn't That I don't even on. remember. Hey, but if you remember some slang from the 80s that we forgot to mention, be sure to go on our Facebook site at Randomosity with Sean and Mark and give us a comment and put those phrases down and we'll share them in a future show. All right, next up we've got 80s television sitcoms and we'll be right back. Ah, the 80s. Was there a better decade for television? No, man, I, I don't think so. I mean, the 70s were pretty good. And, of course, you know? there, there'll be people that men, that'll mention, you know, the shows of the 50s. But, I mean, for my money, the 80s just had it all. Right, the radio uh, programs of the, the 40s. No, I <laughs> uh, so, anyway, we're going to discuss uh, some hit TV show sitcoms of the 80s. Right, there was quite a few, and some of them really defined as 80s. Some of them are timeless, some of them aren't. Uh, we're not going to go much into ones that started in the 70s, because we could talk about that, because like Different Strokes started actually. Right, Facts of Life. Facts of Life, which was a spinoff of Different Strokes. Uh, they did carry on through the 80s, because they were late 70s when they came out. But there were other ones. Uh, but but we're, we're, we really want to go with the ones that really started in the 80s because, well, time constraints and everything else. So uh, go ahead and start off, Sean. Yeah, so You're a big TV guy. I am a huge TV guy. So we're going to start off with The Golden Girls. Came out in 1985. This oh, is, man, that B. Arthur. I'm, I'm telling you, man. She's Woo, a, she is yeah. hot. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I was first introduced to Betty White, actually. Uh, that I knew of. You mean anyways. you actually got introduced to Betty White? Yeah, yeah. I met her, shook her Did hand, you? everything. No, right. no. Oh, okay. Uh, that would have been a good story for the audience. Yeah. Now, after I had started watching Golden Girls, I realized that I had seen her in other shows. Mm -hmm. But this is where I first really got to see Betty White. And right, because she was on Mary Tyler Moore. Mama's Family. That's yep. That was the big one where I'd seen her, again, born in 77. Right, right. But, yeah, of course... Uh, the Golden Girls, you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, so it was uh, four women in their uh, later years. Uh, I think they were supposed to be in their 60s. I think so. Uh, except for uh, the, except for, uh, oh, what is it? It's not Blanche. Cecilia. We well, had Blanche, Dorothy. Dorothy was. Yeah. Uh, and then you had, uh, I just, Estelle Getty's character. I just blanked on her oh, name. I can't remember, yeah. Rose was Betty White. Mm-hmm. And I, I just remember, I remember Blanche, or uh, not Blanche, but uh, Dorothy always calling her Ma. Yeah. And now I can't remember her name. Uh, but she was always one, picture it, Sicily, 1917, when she'd tell a story. And, you know, outside of, you know, they each, it was a good ensemble cast. You know, you had her playing the sarcastic, you know, old lady. Uh, you had B. Arthur being the uh, being basically the straight man of the group, straight woman of the group, I should say. Right. right. Uh, and Blanche was the uh, debutante. Yes. Yes. And uh, Rose was, of course, the, the dim, airhead. The airhead, the dim bulb, if you will. Right. Um, but you put them together, and you've got yourself self one heck of a show. You did. You did. And you know, who would have thought that you know you have a show about uh, older women, mm -hmm. and it really caught on. It did. I mean, it There's, still runs 
on like you know Nickelodeon and all those places. Yeah, I know. Nick and I, I guess. I know guys that are in their thirties that still guys that are in their thirties that love this show. Well, I was driving around the other day and I saw you know one of those screen covers for your car. Uh huh. And it actually had the Golden Girls. I think I have to get that one now. <laughs> it's just amazing to me. Uh, that show, that show uh, is is one of the timeless ones. I think that is one. Yeah, that that translates to any any era. I think. I, I think so too. The the next one we want to talk about is one of your favorites. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a lot of people's favorites. It came out in 1982, and and uh, it was about. It took place in the Boston area, and it was about a uh, washed up baseball player, mm-hmm. and he owned a bar, and the bar was Cheers. Right. And of course, he's an alcoholic baseball player, mm-hmm. uh, recovered alcoholic. So him owning a beer was uh, owning a bar was a little ironic. Now, uh, it was originally going to be um, a football player, and it was going to be uh, the guy that played Hunter. What was his name? Fred. Oh, um, yeah. Anyway, the guy from Hunter was going to be Sam Malone. He was going to be a football player. Uh, I think he. I, I think the story is that. Uh, Fred committed to Hunter, so they had to find somebody else. So they got Ted Danson, and he didn't really look like a football player. And he's tall, a little bit lanky, so they changed it to a retired pitcher. And as they say, the rest is history. That's right. That's right. And of course, you got Cliff, the know-it-all. Yeah, yeah, Norm. Norm the barfly. Yeah. Everybody knows his name. That's right. Uh, you got the sarcastic waitress, uh, played by uh, what was her name? Not I almost said Rue uh, McClanahan Re- again. Rhea Re- Re- Perlman. Yeah. Uh, you've got uh, depending Diane, on what, Diane Diane or uh, Rebecca Rebecca and you got Sally Field and you're forgetting a very main character in the oh show. Woody Harrelson or Coach Coach yeah, yeah. I was getting there I was yeah. getting there so Coach was Sam's uh, manager or pitching coach uh, depending on when they were when their paths crossed uh, who also retired and now uh, worked at the bar. After he passed, and he passed when the actual actor passed, they brought in Woody Harrelson as Woody Boyd. Right, right. And he was the, you know, uh, naive, for lack of a better term, the naive hick from Indiana. Right. And it was great. I mean, you know, you tuned in every week. And I remember they were pretty good at cliffhangers. Yeah, they were. With with that show. And I remember, you know, we came to the end of the season, and it was... you know, they ended on a cliffhanger. I think this is when Diane left. Yeah, she left, and Ted went to go. Uh, Ted, excuse me, Sam yeah. went to go chase her down. Right, but it ended on this cliffhanger, and oh man, I can hardly wait until next week to watch this episode. Mm-hmm. And thought, oh wait, I'm going to have to wait like three months before the next episode came out. And you just all summer, just people is Sam is Diane coming back? Is uh, did Sam find her? I'll, and and the way that transpired in it was he ended up selling the bar right yeah he sold the bar to uh i think to a corporation and uh they put christy alley in charge right so she was the manager mm-hmm. of the bar and uh he ended up coming back and then he was just a bartender right he was a bartender um and then well do you remember how that all went down there was uh woody was there mm-hmm. and you had another nerdy bartender yeah it was just a a, a nerdy female bartender yeah. well, sam Wasn't wanted it? to be a bartender right there i mean that's he was the owner before but now he's just going to be a bartender there and um they had a contest between the nerdy bartender and woody on how to make uh 
who can make the drinks right by by memory and then do you remember norm comes in and he orders like a screaming viking and the one guy goes there's no such drink as a screaming viking and woody goes oh no it's da -da -da. And he goes i i can make that and he goes oh would you like a sliced cucumber in it or <laughs> and the, the other guy just left i mean but and wasn't it really that there wasn't a screaming viking they just made right, the they drink made up. up they all made the drink up to get sam's job back right and the drink was actually like disgusting right but i didn't <laughs> think that show was going to survive after because they had such chemistry between diane and sam yeah but the first year ratings were apparently not great right right <laughs> and a lot of guest stars on that too i mean sports figures yeah uh they also had um Harry Anderson Harry, was yeah. on it. Yeah, he was the uh, con man magician right. that would come in. Harry the Hat, I think they called him. Yeah, and then uh, even, um, now, it's it's another Harry, but uh, Harry Connick Jr. was Harry on Connick, it. Yeah, uh, and then uh, so you had Dan Hyeda, who was Carla's divorced husband. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, uh, oh God, who is the... There's a comedian that used to always tell the same story on. Uh, oh uh, yeah, he was a, David he was Letterman. A, he was a he, DJ. Yeah, but he ended up being Carla's husband, who was a retired hockey player, mm -hmm. who was the mascot. Right. And then he ended up saying something about the show that they didn't like, so they fired him, and they killed off his character by having him run over by the zamboni, which is hilarious if you think about it. Because how slow does a zamboni go? Right. Exactly. Where either the zamboni driver couldn't stop or he couldn't get out of the way. <laughs> Um, okay, so that's Cheers. Another one that came out in 1987, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, you think of dysfunctional families. <laughs> this is. was certainly the one married with children. Right, and this is the one that I think got that parents' council going, wasn't it? They, they were watching episodes of uh, Married with Children, and that's what got... Uh, Parent council about what you know kids can see this on TV. They shouldn't be able to see this. Oh, I think you're right. I think you're yeah. right. So I mean, you had Al Bundy. Al Bundy, know. the shoe salesman. Right. Uh, total slacker. <laughs> Just from the word go. But he he did once catch uh, six touchdown passes in the in the game for Polk High. That's right. That is correct. That's his one claim to fame. And of course, you had Christina Christina Applegate. Yeah, it was his daughter. The uh, oh, what? How do we want to say? Her character was an airhead, definitely an airhead, uh, promiscuous airhead. Okay. Yeah, promiscuous. That's, that's a we'll, good. We'll, we'll, that's a good word to use for that. Well, we'll go with a nice word there. <laughs> uh, you had Bud, his basically slacker clone of a son. Right. Right. Uh, and then you had Peg, the uh, stay-at-home mom who really just let the couch grow out the back of her head. Yeah. Eating bonbons. <laughs> Eating bonbons and, and watching TV and yeah. Uh, yeah. So good program. Yeah, good program. You always wanted to watch just to see what insults Al was going to throw at either Peg or the people that came in the shoe store or at his neighbor across the street. That's true. Marcy yeah. Darcy. Marcy Darcy. <sighs> um, here's one that really, I mean, spelled out a time frame, right? It was uh, from 1988, The Wonder Years. Ah, yes. Fred Savage and I don't remember her real name, but Winnie. Winnie, yeah. That any kid my age, any person my age, Winnie's what they remember from that show. Yeah, and what was, what was his friend? Uh, I don't remember. Nerdy his, guy glasses. Nerdy guy glasses. I don't remember his name. Who people say actually was uh, a Vietnam vet, or not a Vietnam no. vet? Um, no, I think uh, became 
uh, Marilyn Manson. Oh, that is the yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which we'll we'll set it the record straight. That wasn't he did not become Marilyn. No, Manson. no, 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 no. He did not. I could see I I could see where that rumor came about though. If I picture Marilyn Manson as a kid, it's that kid. Yeah, there were some similarities. You yeah. could really you could really buy into that. Uh, Wonder Years. I mean, great. It was uh, it was uh, it was about kids. Uh, I don't remember their age. Yeah, they were. They started off middle school young. Yeah. in the middle school time, and uh, and just life at that time period. Of so, course, voiced over by the adult version of Kevin. Kevin being Fred Savage's character. Right. I want to say it was Daniel Stern the narrator. Uh, I think you might be right. The, correct us on uh, Randomosity. Uh, with Sean and Mark on Facebook, if I'm not right there. But I think Daniel Stern, not Daniel Stern, that would be the no, uh, commissioner no. of the NBA. Um, no, Daniel Stern, because David Stern's the commissioner right, of the NBA. Okay. Again, leave this all in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so another one that you really liked came out in 1984. Yeah, Night Court. I watched the show religiously in the 80s. Oh, God. Bull and Dan Fielding, those were my two favorites. And Bull, of course, is the seven-foot-tall, bald bailiff with a heart of gold and a head of concrete. Yes. Catchphrase, okay. <laughs> and known for, I can't do it, I have hair on my head right now, So, but he would make that slap on his forehead. Yes. And and it was basically, it was, a, obviously, Night Court takes place in a courtroom, but it's just the antics of, uh, you get, it's slapstick humor, it really is. It was. Harry's a magician, because that's all Harry Anderson can play, apparently. Um, you have, depending on when you come in, I'd say Mac was the most known court clerk. Uh, you had Dan Fielding, the lecherous DA, assistant DA. Mm -hmm. uh, probably most people's favorite characters. Um, he actually, he won, uh, he was nominated and won so many times for the, uh, it's not Emmy that they win, is it? No. I, I don't know award shows, so forgive me if I'm getting the statue that he got wrong. Um but he won so many and was nominated for so many of them, he took himself out of the running after a while. Dan Fielding did, or John Larroquette. Right. Uh, you had Marky Post as the uh, well-meaning but a little naive uh, uh, public defender. Right. Uh, you had Bull, and then you had three different uh, female bailiffs. You had uh, Selma Diamond, who was... Uh, was that Roz? No, Roz, that would was, be, Roz was Marshall Warfield. That's right. Uh... You had Selma Diamond who played the first one, and I'm trying to remember her name. Oh yeah, she was the one that like, you know, it sounded like she smoked about ten packs yeah. of cigarettes a day. Yeah, uh, and then you had after her, you had the other old lady who ended up playing uh, Flo. I think her name was Florence too. Her okay, real yeah. name. But then you had uh, Marshall Warfield come in as Rosalind Russell, and uh, the hijinks went from there. You had the uh, building super art who uh, looked like Billy Martin. Any baseball fan out there, you, you'll get that reference. Um, but yeah, just, just slapstick humor, not a whole lot of continuity, uh, not a whole lot of realism in some of it, uh, but just hilarious show, perfect show for the 80s. Oh yeah, definitely so. Uh, 1982, of course, we saw uh, Family Ties. Mm -hmm. And yep. that's where we got our first peek at, you know, Alex P. Keaton. Yes, the uh, Reagan youth. That's right, the Reagan youth. Uh, and, of course, he was played by? Michael J. Fox. That's right, Michael J. Fox. Later to go on to uh, go back to the future. Yep, Marty McFly. Uh -huh. uh, he did the first uh, 
Was it Spin City that he was the first? Yes, he yeah, was the he first was a, one. Yeah. Uh, he uh, that that show was odd because his parents were very hippie like, mm-hmm. and he was the he was the young yuppie character, right? Right, exactly. So great show. Uh, it pretty much is dated, mm-hmm. but it's still good to watch. Yeah, that was the first TV show I saw where they upaged the baby. That so sometimes shows will have babies come in, and then like a season later, they're all of a sudden in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And this was the first show I remember doing that. They had their kid, the baby, like I don't midway mid season. Yeah, and then the next season they had a kindergartner. Right, because there was um, well, he had two sisters too. So. Yeah, yeah, he had. Uh, one well, they were both younger than him. He, uh, Michael J. Fox's character, Alex B. Keaton, was the oldest. Right. Uh, and I can't remember the other two. That was Justine Bateman. Justine boy. Bateman and uh, Tina Yothers. Yep. So I can remember their real names, but I can't remember their character names. Mallory. Mallory was yeah. That was uh, Justine Bateman, and I don't, I don't remember, remember Tina Yothers. I don't. I don't remember either. Uh, but I do remember also Nick and Skippy. Oh, they yeah. both were in love with Mallory, mm-hmm. but Nick was the one that was actually dating, and he did the garbage sculptures. Yes. And Skippy was the nerdy but, you know, well-intending uh, friend. I think he was, was he not friends with Alex as well? I thought he was. I yeah, and he was so. just always in love with Mallory, but Mallory's heart belonged to Nick, and of course the parents didn't love Nick at all. He was a rebel motorcycle rider. He wasn't really a bad guy. It's just he had the earring, the mullet, and the motorcycle, and the leather jacket. So, of course, they had a preconceived notion of him. Right. Uh, I don't remember. Did they end up getting married? I don't remember I if they feel like not. there was at least one episode where they were talking about it. Right. Yes. And, I mean, that show went on. They, You know, Alex went to college and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So, I mean, it went on for a little while. Um, the next one up on the list is one of your favorites, probably because of... The actress that starred in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, going back to 1984 and Who's the Boss? Yeah, Alyssa Milano was probably my first uh, celebrity crush. I thought it was Tony Danza. Mm, no, no, second. That was my second. Second, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, but uh, no, Alyssa Milano was probably my first female, or my first uh, TV crush. Right. Uh, so, yeah, Who's the Boss? It's a retired baseball player. Uh, played for the Cardinals. Yep. Uh, growing up in Bro- uh, back home in Brooklyn, uh, his wife has recently passed. His uh, daughter Alyssa Milano comes home with a black eye. She's been fighting at school. He thinks he's got to get out of there, so he, with no experience, applies to become a housekeeper in uh, Greenwich, Con- Greenwich, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Angela Bauer, played by what is her name? Oh, man. See, you I, think I, you think we'd have had all this set up ahead of time? Yeah, but, but we uh, didn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, so uh, Angela Bowers, and she's got her son Jonathan and her mom, Mona. Mona, again, played sort of a, almost a Blanche-type character. Mm-hmm. A, uh, she wasn't a debutante, but she was definitely experienced. Yes. And definitely a lot uh, lot more smooth than her daughter. <laughs> a lot more experienced than her daughter as well. And there's a new show, Who's the Boss, out now. Oh, there is? Yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, it's the same concept, kind of. Not really... Um. He actually, yeah. There's no like he had a daughter. Tony right. Tony Danza's character had a daughter, but uh, this guy doesn't. But it's the same kind of concept where he comes in and becomes. He was more like a Fortune 500 guy that lost all his money, and oh, now he becomes a housekeeper. 
Yeah, I guess you can tell by my expression there, I don't think that's going to do as well. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember seeing a couple episodes of it. It was kind of funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, the next one we have is Growing Pains. Um, so, that's, uh, you've got Alan Thick Alan Thicke. As the father, I honestly don't remember the name the, yeah. of his character. Uh, but this is where you got Kirk Cameron. This is what he started him off on stardom. Um, and then they had, he had a friend with the unfortunate name of Boner. That's true. I do, yeah. I, and of yeah. course, as a kid in the 80s, I loved that name. And of course, the launching pad for Kirk Cameron. Yeah, where he, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where he uh, became famous off of that. And now he's known as the televangelist on TV. I don't know if he's a televangelist, but he, he you know, Spreading the word of God on television, right? Um, really, he's really the only one to come out of that with any kind of. But it was kind of, at the beginning. It was a kind of a role reversal because mm-hmm. the mom went to work and the right. dad stayed home. Right, right. Dad did. The dad was a psychiatrist, but you're right. He did work from home. Mm-hmm. Stayed home with the kids, and the mom went out. Um, this is another. Some people don't remember. This is also kind of the stepping stone for Leonardo DiCaprio. You remember he played the kid that I can't remember if they adopted, but they definitely oh, fostered him. That's right. That's yeah. Right. So I remember that. So not only did it, uh, Kirk Cameron get his start there, but uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. So uh, next one, uh, 1986, and Alf. Alien life form. That's right. Trivia question: What's Alf's real name? Oh my gosh. This one I do know. I do have this one in my um, I used to my know this. I don't remember. Uh, Gordon Shumway. That's right. Gordon Shumway. <laughs> so, yeah. Alf was an uh, alien that crashed into the garage of the Tanner family. Right. I can remember the dad's name. Willie Tanner. Willie Tanner. Uh, crashed there. Caused hijinks for the families. And, of course, they owned a cat. And what do... Uh, oh, the planet Alf came from was Melmac. Right. So, what was the cat's name? I don't remember the cat's name. Lucky. Lucky. Well, <laughs> He lucky yeah, he survived. Lucky, lucky, lucky. So, what Melmacians or Melmacians? I guess that's the problem. People from Melmac, uh, what they would eat would be cats. Good save there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, of course, a lot of the hijinks centered around him trying to uh, eat the cat, and also uh, from them trying to hide him from the rest of the neighborhood. Right. Because they didn't want you know him to uh, get found out get brought to the government, get dissected, you know, whatever happens to aliens, I don't, you know, Area 52 yeah. kind of thing. And Alf was a wise, cracking alien, of course, and it oh, just yeah. drove Willie nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the big catchphrase from that was, no problem! Yeah. <laughs> if you heard Alf say that, then you knew. There was a problem. problem. Exactly. <laughs> Our next one is Perfect Strangers. You remember Perfect Strangers. Oh, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> yes, I know Perfect Strangers very well. I loved that show growing up. Balki Bartakamuth. Okay, yeah. And Cousin and Larry. Cousin Larry. I'll never remember Larry's last name, but his, his last name is Larry. Right. His first name is Cousin. So it was all about this guy that came over to the United States and stopped to, to visit or to live mm-hmm. with. With his Cousin Larry. Uh, I don't remember the name of the country they lived in, but I can remember Bronson Pinchot yes. is uh, Balki. Right. And he was in Beverly Hills Cop. Yes, he was. Played almost kind of the same... Yeah. He was more French in that. But yeah, he was more French, but he definitely played uh, uh, somebody, you know, that came to this country uh, in search of a better life. Right. And uh, 
it, it was a it was a, cousin Larry a lot of times took advantage of oh the yeah donkey, so yeah he did and a uh, trivia question that you probably know the answer of what show Don't spun up what show was spun off from perfect strangers oh my gosh I'll, I'll give you a hint Die Hard, yeah, Die Hard. That's your hand. Die Hard. Mm Mm-hmm. So it must have been a Christmas movie or something. No, 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 no. (laughs) Die Hard's your hand. Die Hard. Hmm. I, you know, I don't know. Okay, I'll give you another hint. Did I do that? Oh, was it Urkel? Yeah, the mom. uh, I'm trying to remember. She, she, she worked in some form on the show. Perfect Strangers, and then her character got spun off into uh, Family Matters. Oh, wow. Okay. Ah, Didn't know it. Here's one. Uh, Big actor nowadays. Uh, But he started off back in 1980, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks in Bosom Buddies. And who was the other guy? Nobody will ever remember. remember. Actually, he (laughs) did go on to star in New Heart. Did he? Oh, he did, didn't he? I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, but really, he was supposed to be the star. Right. But but Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. What so are you this do? was all about two guys that were trying to find affordable housing, and the only place they could find was a, a, a place for all women. Mm-hmm. It, it was an apartment building that was just all women, and so they ended up dressing up <laughs> as uh, women to move into this apartment. And I remember they went by the names Muffy and Hildegard. <laughs> Ah, Hildegard. Yeah, <laughs> that's just that's just a great name, Hildegard. Yeah. So it was uh, it, it, it it was funny, of course, and uh, Tom Hanks certainly did uh, launch his career out of Bosom Buddies, and of course, you got to know what song the theme yeah. song. Oh, I know the song. Yeah, My Life from Billy Joel. Exactly. Now, if you watched what 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 angered me was when Nick at Night would play the uh, repeats, the reruns. They obviously they didn't want to pay Billy Joel the royalty, so they put in some stock song. Oh so, yeah, that's right. So yeah, but my life was the original theme song for Bosom Buddies. One other show that came out in the eighties was uh, Greatest American Hero. Yeah, yeah, that had its own theme song that charted. It charted. It, it did. Uh, I believe it was a one-hit wonder. Mm-hmm. I can't not. I cannot remember the guy's name. But uh, Joey Scarsborough. I'll take your word so. for it. I think Scarsberry. I don't know. I will. We'll find out for sure. But, um, yeah, great show. We, I used to watch that uh, all the time. So it was about this guy. He he finds this suit, and it's a superhero suit, and he puts it on. But uh, there was an instruction manual that came with it, but he lost the instruction manual. So it, it's kind of him, you know, bumbling through. And, um, man, I can't think of the guy's name that played the um, – he was like an FBI agent, that, you know. Oh, yeah. was his friend or – um, I can't think of his name. He was in I Spy. Bill Cosby? No, the other one. <laughs> yeah, I a, can't remember his name. I want to say Robert Conrad, but that's Robert, not Robert right. Colt. Robert Colt. Hey, I almost yeah. had it. You did. You sparked a memory there. there with the, so, um, but that was a great show. It was hilarious and, and, and just a fun time. I know we're running short on time here because we're trying to stay on track, but let me give some other shows out there and... We won't really talk about them, but you can think about them yourself. Mr. Belvedere. Oh, I love that one growing yeah. up, too. Uh, Webster. Alex Karras. Yep. Mongo. Charles in Charge. Of our wrongs and our rights. That's 
Right. So you had a couple people that were in that show. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you had Scott Bayo, of course, and um, just you know, fun, fun show. Uh, Silver Spoons. I used to know the theme song to that. Did you? Mm-hmm. Punky Brewster. I do know the theme song to that one. Oh, great. You want to sing it for <laughs> no, us? No, I do not. Oh, okay. Good. You don't want that. Good. We want to keep our listeners. That's right. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. If you remember some more, be sure and put them down on our Facebook site at Randomosity with Sean and Mark on, on Facebook there. Uh, oh, hey, another one that I just thought of. Because mm-hmm. uh, Punky Brewster kind of reminded Blossom. Blossom, yes, my Mbialik. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was uh, so. My Mbialik is Amy Farrah Fowler from Big Bang Theory, mm-hmm. um, but she's also in uh, that movie with Bette Midler, Beaches. Yeah, I think that's where she got her acting start. My Mbialik. So anyway, she transitioned to the show where she's you know it's a typical girl in middle school and high school dealing with what girls in high school and middle school deal with, and uh, it was mostly known for her hat and her. Credits dance, the dance you would do at the beginning and end credits. Right. That's what most people remember from Blossom, anyway. All right, well, that kind of wraps up this segment on 80s television sitcoms. Uh, we'll move on and head into One Hit Wonders. Let's talk about some music. When you think of One Hit Wonders in the 1980s, You might be thinking of some of the worst pop artists and bands known to mankind. Like, Sean, do you remember, uh, there's no one quite like Grandma? Actually, I don't. (laughs) Well, how about, shut up of your face? Okay, yes, I know that one. Okay, well, you know, those are the things that spring to mind when you think of that. But there were actually loads of amazing tunes from the decade by artists who sadly never quite followed up. Uh, Well, you know, when you have a song like they did, Maybe you don't need to do anymore. So let's climb in the Wayback Machine with Mr. Peabody and uh, take a look at the one-hit wonders of the 80s. Initiating system one. System that Wayback Machine's kind of cramped. It, it is, yeah. It's not made for more than like two people, I don't think so. Yeah. Next time we'll have to leave Mr. Sherman at home. Or, or, or Mr. Peabody. Peabody. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Sherman can stay home too. Yeah. So, uh, One Hit Wonders, obviously one of the first ones everybody thinks of from the 80s. Uh, from what was what was Jenny's number? Uh, 8675309. Okay, cool, yeah. So I think you see where we're going here. <laughs> yeah, I, I you know I pity anybody that actually had that number in the '80s. Yeah, I think somebody actually bought that number. They had to have. Yeah, they had to have. If I'm a business, I actually probably would have bought that number in the '80s. So I mean, such a popular song. Oh, uh, so if you've ever heard this catchy uh, song from the 19, from 1981, I believe, wasn't it, John? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've got the phone number ground into your memory forever. And ever. Yeah, so Jenny, she was allegedly a woman of questionable moral character. Uh, her name and number were advertised on a bathroom stall. Doesn't stop the socially awkward narrator, though, from determining that Jenny's his dream girl. Oh, yes. The only thing he needs to do, though, is work up the courage to actually call her. 
That's why you got that line in there, Jenny, don't change your number. That's right, yeah. Sorry, I might sing a lot we never, during this one. We I'm never, sorry. we never know if they ever get together. No, we, we don't. We definitely do not. Well, it peaked at number four on the U.S. Billboard. So, I mean, he did a great job with the song, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it also triggered a large number of equally social, awkward people to call eight six seven five three zero nine nine in different area codes and ask for. Who else? Jenny. Yeah. And you know those people picked up the phone. Damn you, Tommy Two-Tone. That's right. <laughs> Family Guy fans, you're welcome. Uh, so, uh, unsurprisingly, many owners of that phone number have a little appreciation for the nuisance callers. Uh, there was an example, Lauren Burns, an Alabama resident who had the phone number in 1982, but was forced to change it, and she stated that when she'd first get the calls at 2 or 3 in the morning, her husband would answer the phone, and he doesn't hear too well. So they'd ask for Jenny, and he'd say, Jimmy, don't live here anymore! Tommy Two-Tone was the one that uh, had the record, and uh, he said he would like to get a hold of Tommy Two-Tone by the neck. The husband did. <laughs> Is that a threat? To Tommy, not oh, to us. Yeah, so, well, yeah. That happened back in 82, so... And our next one-hit wonder is The Future's So Bright... I Gotta Wear Shades by Tim Buck Three. Yeah. Studying nuclear science, the guy in this 1986 song is getting good grades and already has a high-paying job locked down after graduation. He boasted his future is so bright that he has to wear shades. Yeah, it looked like the band was going to have to wear shades for a while. Uh, the song made it to number 19 on the Billboard Hot 10, and they were nominated for a Grammy for Best New Artist the following year, but I think many one-hit wonders... It was all downhill after that. I think so. I think you're right. Uh, next up, we have a group called Kajagugu. Oh, which yeah, I, that's easy for you to say. It's not that hard. <laughs> uh, I'm imagining they had a young child name that name that group. Uh, it's the only thing I can think of. It. Somebody was tickling their baby oh, under the chin. Kajagugu. Anyway, Too Shy is the name of the song. Uh, it's from 1983. It was an international hit that peaked at number five on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. And while it is their only success in America, they scored other tunes abroad. So here in the U.S., they were a one-hit wonder. Mm. Uh, the song's about a guy who tried to persuade a shy girl to stop being so standoffish. Man, I hate it when that happens. Don't, don't you? you? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, his intentions may be good, uh, but for the, from the perspective of the introvert, he comes across as shaming her. He tells her, you're too shy. Uh, try a little harder. Well, that's just rude. Oh, I know. Yeah. Next up, from Thomas Dolby, Blinded Me With Science. She blinded me with science. Okay. We can't play the song, so you, you, we have yeah. to kind of... You okay there, Mark? I, I'm fine, yeah. All right, it's probably so the DDT trucks. So this came out in 1982. <laughs> uh, peaked in at number five on the U.S. Billboard Top 100. And then... Uh, Ironically enough, well, not ironically, but uh, in 2017, he entertained crowds at the March for Science in Washington to celebrate Earth Day. Mm -hmm. Played the mm -hmm. song for him. Hey, the song was about a mad scientist who falls in love with his female lab assistant. Did you know that? I did not, but yep. I do now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, this leads us to our next one-hit wonder. Uh, this takes us back to, what, 1982? I think it charted at number four. And it was uh, by a group called Taco. 
And the name of the song? Is Putting on the Ritz. Otherwise known as Put on the Ritz! <laughs> of course, made famous. By Young Frankenstein. Right. But um, if you're going to be a one-hit wonder, then you you really want to go big, right? Worldwide hit, uh, heavy on synthesizers, and this pop tune reached number four, like we said. Who could have imagined that it was actually written decades earlier in 1927? Did you know that? Uh, I think I, I remember it being in a Clark Gable movie. Do you? Okay. I can remember that much. Well, the composer was Irving Berlin, of course, who did a lot of stuff with Bing Crosby and, and, and uh, other artists, of course. And uh, Berlin was 95 years old at the time that Taco's version came out. And um, so the phrase putting on the Ritz mm -hmm. means to dress fashionably. Yeah. Kind of like us. We yeah. always dress fashionably. Oh, we, we're, we're Dapper That's Dan's, right. we are. That's right. <laughs> Dapper Dan. All right. <laughs> so, you, I mean, you remember the song, you know, uh, dressed up like a million-dollar trooper, trying hard to look like Gary Cooper. Super duper! Come, let's mix for Rockefellers, walk with sticks or umbrellas in their midst. Put on the reins! <laughs> Again, Young Frankenstein, that's Frankenstein's monster singing my parts there. Right, yeah. Though, uh, so anyway, that was, it was a kind of a controversial video. Video, yeah. too, because they had actors in blackface. Yeah, that didn't age well, did it? No, it did not. Next up, we have Soft Cell and Tainted Love. Hey, you know, do you remember back in the 80s? I mean, a lot of guys, or a lot of people, had uh, those buttons that said Soft Cell on them, on their jackets and stuff like that. Oh, I I, I remember that. I also remember I remember, another, but, but I didn't really think much about it. I didn't realize, I guess. All right. So this was a 1982 song. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about a guy who's uh, had a problem with his toxic lover. Uh once he was attracted to her, and now she repels him. Um, you know, sometimes I feel I've got to run away. You know, uh, so the global it was globally successful and reached number eight on the Billboard 100, but uh, it managed to park itself there for over a year. So you, you, everybody's heard this one. Anytime you hear two beeps back to back, mm. every time that happens, I know with me and I know with others, yeah. somebody oh, will oh. go tainted love. Yeah. Got to. Run away. Yeah. Uh, the next one up on our list is, uh, man, some really good-looking guys, weren't they? I mean, <clears throat> if you're basing them upon a dog's butt, yes. <laughs> so the next one is, we're not going to take it by Twisted Sister. Uh, I know that they may not be a one-hit wonder, and they might be because they did have uh, another song that I think right. charted, but I'm not sure it charted high enough that this would... Right, but the, if you hear Twisted Sister's name, this is the song you think of. Oh, yeah, because it was a perfect anthem for rebellious teens everywhere. It was high energy. You remember the video? Oh, yeah, yeah, the kid in class and... Well, no, he was actually at home, and his dad came upstairs. Oh, yes. And he was playing the guitar. <clears throat> yeah, what do you want to do with your life? life? Right. I want to rock! <laughs> and, of course, then the dad ends up getting beat up because the guy yeah, turns in the... Mm. Exactly. Uh, mm. it, it did chart it. Uh, it reached 21 on the billboard. 21 on the billboard. Yeah. Okay. I, I would have thought back, that one would have been higher. Yeah, back in 1984. All right. And our last uh, one-hit wonder of the day from 1983, Men Without Hats with 
the safety dance. Oh yeah, that the video. I I, did, I remember that. You know them dancing through the countryside. Uh, you had the uh, yeah, they were dressed in medieval clothes and everything like that. I think it did peak at number three on the U.S. Billboard charts. It did, and and a lot not a lot of people know what the song is about. Many never will really know what it is. Uh, this came out at a time where punk or new wave music was taking hold, and some clubs were doing pogo dancing. That's uh, a style of dance that keeps your torso, arms, and legs stiff as you rapidly jump up and down like you're on a pogo stick. Uh, people would sometimes spin in the air or throw themselves in random directions. So this is a precursor to moshing. So bouncers didn't like this for safety reasons and threw out such dancers. Hence the name of the song, Safety Dance. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, we can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind. Because your friends don't dance. And if they don't dance, well, hey, they're no friends of mine. Right. Now, they did score another 40, top 40 hit, The Men Without Hats did, with Pop Goes the World in 87. Uh, but far and away, this is obviously the song that they're known for. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there are a lot more <laughs> one-hit wonders from the 80s. Go check them out. Check out the ones that we've talked about. Uh, you can leave comments on our Facebook site at, Sean, uh, at Randomosity with Sean and Mark. And uh, let us know your favorite uh, 80s one-hit wonder, and we'll include it in a future show. We'll, we'll continue this at some point uh, down the road, though, because uh, this was a lot of fun. It really was, really mm -hmm. was. that's going to do it for our show for this week again check us out at randomosity with sean and mark to see what nonsense we're up to online on facebook what did i say you just left off facebook oh so you yeah. had it i just added it in for you there I mean, you go so that's what a partnership is all about there sean. you go you know us working together as a team right exactly that's, that's our you know my job is to correct your mistakes and your job is to make well, I don't know what your job is, but <laughs> keep doing it because you're doing a fabulous job. Right, awesome. Right. So uh, be sure to join us next week. Yeah. Well, wait a second. I, you know, I I want to thank everybody for joining joining us for this walk down memory lane back from the '80s, and uh, I certainly enjoyed this program. I, you know, I it's not quite what we've been doing, but we wanted to do something a little different, uh, just just to, just to have some fun and, and kind of reminisce about the time we grew up in. We were different ages, but Still, you know, the, the TV, the, the slang, and, 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 and also the, the, the music. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what, what were the 80s besides a great time? Well, yeah, they were basically the music and the media. Yeah, and I mean, we didn't talk about movies or anything like that, but, you know, we'll hit some of that stuff up in later episodes. Uh, but, yeah, like Sean was getting ready to say. Yeah, so next week is our Halloween special, so be sure to join us for that. You, you okay over there, Mark? Yeah, I got a chill. Uh, is it multiplying? Yeah, it is. I'm All losing right. control. All right, so uh, enough pop culture references. So uh, mm -hmm. next week is a Halloween episode. We're gonna we're gonna change not change things up again from our usual. Um, no, I think we're gonna stick. We're gonna kind of go back to that whole concept but we're it's going to all focus around halloween and uh we might try to do a draft of you know best monsters and you know you draft yours i'll draft mine and we'll try to figure out which one of them would would win in win a battle in a battle and we'll have the listeners vote on that 
uh, when we get to that point. That'll be fun. And again, we're not going to know ahead of time. I mean, we'll know the list of who's out there, but I won't know who he's going to draft. He's not going to know who I'm going to draft. And we can't. And he could draft the guy I wanted, and you know, it's it's just too late. He's gone. And Sean's got him. So this could start some fist fights. So that might be awesome. That might be pretty neat. A little Donnie Brook going on here. Uh, so yeah, so we'll have that. Uh, we might have some uh, sp- some spooky tales from the internet. Yeah. Um, Talk about some haunted places. I think we'll mm-hmm. we'll try to do some of that. Um, and, may, and maybe we'll even talk about some scary movies. Yeah, scary movies always good. Yeah, there might be a little surprise in there as well. We don't want to put away too much, yeah. give away too much there. But you know, we certainly hope that you tune in. We hope you enjoy what what you're hearing, and we, we would certainly like for you to leave us a review on our Facebook site and uh, l- let us know how you like the program, how we can change the program, what you'd like to hear topic wise. Uh, we're always um, that that's really we want to make the show more about the listener than about us exactly we'll have fun with it no matter what oh yeah yeah we're we're basically here to entertain you and uh, give you what you want so you know like we keep telling like we keep saying uh randomosity with sean and mark on facebook go ahead drop us a line there tell us what you want to hear uh go ahead and uh add on to the things that we've already brought on the show and uh just you know tell us how you how you like the show right so uh, that pretty much wraps it up uh, for this week. Um, we're glad you came along for this journey down memory lane in the 1980s. And we hope you come back next week for our spooktacular Halloween special. And, um, you know, keep listening. All right. And uh, remember to catch the podcast on all the different platforms. You've got Spotify, Apple iTunes, Breaker, Anchor. I'm missing a whole bunch. Right. But Actually, just, I just tried to I, I just tried to put us on uh, uh, Audible and uh, Amazon. Amazon. So we're getting out there, folks. Yeah. We're branching out. So just keep a lookout and download the shows as they come out. So until next week, have a nice week. Later. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you being with us, idiots here. Tell your friends and family about the podcast. And to see what other nonsense we're up to, check us out on Facebook at Randomosity with Sean and Mark. And remember, we're idiots. What do we know?